Welcome back, loyal listener, to another episode of Engaging Experts with Journal of Clinical Pathways, 15-minute conversations with innovators in value-based care. On today's episode, we sit down with Dr. Barbara Goff, MD, of the Fred Hutchison Cancer Research Center in Seattle Cancer Care Alliance to discuss a project she is co-leading on patient-centered education and support for women with advanced ovarian cancer. The research project was one of four that was selected to receive NCCN support and is intended to be reproducible, scalable, and implementable across practices in the U.S. Okay, just to begin, how was it decided to initiate the project on patient-centered education and support for women with advanced ovarian cancer? In other words, where did the inspiration for this project come from? Well, I mean, really, it came from, you know, there was an announcement from the NCCN that they had an RFP uh, looking for proposals that were focused on improving quality of life for women with ovarian cancer and uh, improving genetic testing. So to some extent, uh, it was uh, it was a response to a request for proposals. And uh, I teamed up with my long-term investigator, uh, Donna Berry, who um, we've worked together in numerous projects, uh, evaluating uh, sort of quality of care and uh, symptom management. Uh, and we thought that this was an ideal grant for us to apply for uh, because of our longstanding interest in, uh, you know, symptom management and improving quality of care. Also, uh, as we have looked at our own population uh, at the SCCA, uh, we've seen that we really fall uh, on the low side uh, or sort of fall below what we would consider is uh, our target for genetic testing of our patients and also palliative care referrals. And so we thought this would be a great way to um, improve the healthcare of the community that we serve. Uh, you know, you touched on genetic testing and palliative care referrals as some specific target areas of the project. I'm hoping you could speak to some of the specifics of, uh, you know, key components of the design and rollout of the project to your staff and patients, or how do you hope to address these areas? Yeah, so we know that in, you know, in, in the United States in general, less than 30% of women undergo genetic testing, yet we know with the, the you know, the publication of the landmark um, study, SOLO1, where women with uh, BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutations uh, were randomized to maintenance elaparib versus placebo, and they saw a 70% reduction in death uh, for uh, the group that received elaparib, that it really becomes imperative and a part of clinical care um, that every woman, woman with um, ovarian cancer should undergo genetic testing so that she could take advantage uh, of that maintenance option um, should she choose. Uh, and when we looked at our own uh, genetic testing rates, uh, we're above the national average, but we're still, you know, we're still a little bit below 50%. One of the targets that we have is that at least 90% of the women in our population should be genetic testing. There are always going to be some who don't want to know, uh, but we feel that uh, we should have the opportunity to uh, test the vast majority of our patients. And so that is a, a big concrete goal for this study. The other thing that we know about palliative care is that in general, and this is true for all cancer patients, not just ovarian cancer patients, but 
that most people don't get referred until the end of life. Um, you know, often with, you know, a month or two months left to live as we're thinking about enrolling people in hospice. But palliative care can do so much more. And the earlier you refer patients to palliative care, the more benefit patients are going to get because really palliative care is kind of a misnomer. It's, 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 it's not just about palliation, but it's, it's about aggressive symptom management and making patients, you know, optimizing uh, patient symptoms and, and, and reducing uh, the burden of disease through aggressive symptom management. And so when we looked at our population, uh, we saw that only 16% of our, of our ovarian cancer patients were being referred to palliative care most of those patients would see palliative care at that point in time because, again, they were at the last, you know, one to two months of their life. But we felt that we could do a lot better with that. And so um, we really want to improve our palliative care referrals by our, our goal is to improve them by at least 25%. I had noticed in the uh, NCCN press release that one of the key areas are, are technology. So I'm curious, how is technology set to be used as a, as a focal point of your project? Well, it's, it's a center point of our project. So uh, we are using a, a web-based application called Electronic Self-Report Assessment and Care. And we, we abbreviate that as little e, capital S-A-C. And it really, anyone with a smartphone or, you know, a tablet or a computer uh, can uh, access this web-based program. Uh, you enroll in it and uh, you fill out uh, weekly or at least every three weeks, you, you fill out uh, questionnaires uh, about your symptoms, uh, the severity of their symptoms. Uh, and then what's nice about this program is that it provides tips for patients. It tells people how common is neuropathy when you're getting, you know, when you're being treated for ovarian cancer and maybe some tips to deal with it. Or, you know, probably a, a better example would be constipation. And so patients can get real-time information. They don't have to call into the nurse's office, but they can get, you know, right, right away, they can get feedback about their symptoms. Is this a concerning symptom? Is this something you should call your doctor for? Or is this pretty common? And uh, is this something that can be managed at home? Um, so it, it has been shown to really increase satisfaction for patients because of this sort of real-time information. And then what's nice is that when the patient comes in for chemotherapy and they're getting their chemotherapy assessment, uh, either uh, in the chart or there can be a printout depending on which uh, electronic health record you're using, which is available to the physician the day before the visit. So the physician can actually see you know, what are the symptoms that this patient has been having, uh, what's going on, and the patient is asked, asked to rate their top two symptoms. The program also gives patients tips about how to talk to their physician about their symptoms so that you can make visits more productive. Um, rather than going through all the 10 things that aren't really bothering you and saving the thing that's most bothersome for you to the end when your doctor has no time, it, it teaches you how to talk about the things that are, are most concerning to you so that you can get them addressed during your visit. So ESAC is it's a patient-facing portal. Is it web-based or app-based? Yeah, it, it's, it's a web-based uh, electronic self-reporting system. It's sort of synced with the EHR in some cases so that when the- It can, or you can do a separate printout. That's what's nice is that is that this could be applied broadly 
to you know other cancer centers. It, one of our other goals is to do, and, and one of the goals of the grant is to have something that could be disseminated widely. So you can't have something that's just specific for your cancer center. It has to be something that other cancer centers could adopt if you're successful. So it sounds like this ESAC portal or survey-based information is, is helping to educate patients to speak with their doctors. So it's What's good is that patients don't even have to speak um, because yeah. what happens is the physician gets a printout and they can see what symptoms are most severe and also what is, what is the patient rating as her most, you know, even though something may be more severe, if that's not the patient's most concerning symptom, you want to talk about what's concerning the patient. And so what's nice is that they don't even have to you know, communicate in that way because there's a report that the doctor gets the day before and can review it before their visit, which I think is, I, and that's, and that also saves more time during the visit because you can say like, oh, I'm looking at your report. These things seem to be bothering you. Let's talk about those things rather than going through sort of a general history. Hey, what's going on this week, right? You can go, you can kind of jump right to the problem, which, you know, as a surgeon, I find that very satisfying that I can address it, it, as a surgical personality, it means I can go in and address the problem and, and, and fix what, what's bothering the patient. And so I love it from a surgical mentality. And the other thing that, that I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the project is set to begin in quarter three of this year and continue for two years. Uh, yeah, assuming that coronavirus doesn't change that. And at our institution, and I think most institutions, and many institutions around the country, uh, basically all clinical research has come to a halt during this, during this virus. So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be set to go. I'm hoping that everything's resolved by then. But right now, clinical research is on hold until we get through you know, the surge and the resolution of the virus. Certainly. I wanted to ask sort of about the, the data that you're anticipating uh, acquiring from the project. And as you get this data, how do you anticipate making these data available to your staff and the cancer community as a whole? Or what's your plan to make this data available to others? Well, certainly in the first six months we develop, I mean, we've already submitted our IRB, but we do a lot of education uh, with the staff uh, about, you know, how to use this and how to train patients and whatnot. Uh, and we do some focus groups with, with the staff to make sure that everyone is, is comfortable with this. We have somebody who will train patients, uh, obviously. Uh, we are enrolling 150 patients, so that will take us definitely probably I would say 14 months. Uh, we anticipate 14 months to, to do that. So I'm not sure that we're going to have a ton of information, although we are doing you know, focus groups with physicians uh, sort of at the midway point to see you know, how they're liking it. Do we need to make any tweaks? Um, so we are receiving you know, ongoing feedback, but I think predominantly our goal is to present at ASCO or present at the Society of Gynecologic Oncology or maybe both. Uh, and if there, if there are interesting preliminary findings, I think, you know, we would, we would shoot for the Society of Gynecologic Oncology. And then for our final presentation, we hope to present that at ASCO. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we would publish in the, you know, journal of uh, NCCN. It would be our final goal. I wanted to leave the opportunity for you, though, to, uh, you know, wrap up the conversation with any other uh, important points or parting messages you'd like to make about the program as a whole in your work with NCCN, if there's anything that you think needs to be added here. 
some of our other goals, I mean, we didn't really sort of touch on, you know, uh, in addition to, you know, increasing palliative care rates and um, uh, increasing our palliative care referral rates and increasing genetic testing. I mean, we are looking at, you know, are there, you know, what are the acceptance rates of physicians and clinic staff? We want to make sure that, that this is, this is value added and, um, you know, not something that causes a lot of extra uh, effort. It's actually been used uh, at the uh, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance in, uh, in our transplant population, and they found it to be very useful. But again, um, we're looking at it in another uh, patient population. And we're also looking at whether or not this, uh, this web-based application actually, we're, we're tracking quality of life uh, for patients. And so uh, wanting to see, does this you know, increase anxiety, decrease anxiety? Again, studies have suggested that it decreases anxiety, but um, you know, patient experience is a very important part of this study. That's something else that we're, we're, we're tracking. There's some evidence that uh, people who use this application uh, suffer less depression and anxiety. So that's something else uh, that, we are, uh, that we are tracking that we feel is very important. So those would just be some other things that I think are, are, are important is that we are looking at you know, clinician acceptance and we are looking at patient acceptance and you know, what does that do in terms of actual quality of life? Because again, our goal is to improve the quality of life for these patients. And so that's something that we are, are measuring as well, too. And I don't think we touched upon that. Can I ask as a follow-up as well, you know, you mentioned that this web-based application has been used at SCCA in the transplant. And it, are there major significant differences in, in the way that the application is being designed uh, in, in the ovarian cancer space as opposed to the transplant space? Yeah, we're focusing a lot more on the symptoms that ovarian cancer patients have. So, you know, they, they suffer different symptoms uh, not totally different, but again, there's a lot more GI distress with, uh, with ovarian cancer, uh, issues regarding chemo brain, because these patients often are chem on chemotherapy for years. So, you know, with a transplant, you come in, you get a very intense amount of chemotherapy, and you get a very intense treatment, and then you're done, right? You get your transplant, and you're done. With ovarian cancer patients, they're treated for years on chemotherapy. And so we just don't know, you know, is this going to be different versus, you know, a single acute event, which is very, very intense versus this chronic chemotherapy uh, that ovarian cancer patients are on. And so um, we are, we, we do have some differences because of the chronic nature of the treatment. 